Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's November 4th and on this day in Christian history, we go back to the year 1954 and we travel to Oxford in England. We're in a draft letter to the Jesuit priest Robert Murray. The writer J.R.R. Tolkien went into some detail explaining the theological mythology of his book, The Lord of the Rings. It would become one of the best-selling books ever written with over 150 million copies sold. And though, although often called a trilogy, the work was intended by Tolkien to be one volume of a two-volume set, along with a Cimmerillion. The book's influences are wide-ranging, including philology, mythology, Christianity, and the author's own experiences of the First World War. It has been reprinted many times and translated into at least 38 languages and its influence on modern culture is difficult to overstate having inspired numerous derivative words including artwork music films television video games and board games and it helped to create and shape the modern fantasy genre it has been named britain's best novel of all time in multiple surveys most recently in the BBC's The Big Read. And it would also lead to the most influential film series ever made, with $3 billion in worldwide receipts. Each film was critically acclaimed, together winning 17 out of 30 Academy Award nominations. Tolkien was a professor at Pembroke College and then later Merton College in Oxford for most of his life. He was a close friend of the Christian writer C.S. Lewis, see the pod of July the 13th, and an active member of the literary Inklings group, who were credited to have a revitalisation of Christian intellectual and imaginative life. The Lord of the Rings has a complex interlaced narrative with the central theme of death and immortality. Its interlacing includes a reversed quest, the struggle of good and evil, death and immortality, fate and free will, the addictive danger of power, and various aspects of Christianity, such as the presence of three Christ-like figures, a prophet, a priest and a king, as well as elements like hope, and redemptive suffering. Tolkien's correspondence with the priest Robert Murray has provided scholars with some of the most explicit discussions of the Christian themes in his book. Murray, a Jesuit priest, was the grandson of Sir James Murray who had founded the Oxford English Dictionary. And having been born in China to Protestant missionaries, He was a convert to Catholicism and became a trusted friend of the Tolkien family. He was one of the first to read The Lord of the Rings in its galley proofs and had been invited to give Tolkien a detailed critique. Overall, very positive. He felt that the book had left him with the sense of the compatibility of the Order of Grace. He predicted that it would receive a mixed reception from the critics as they would not have a pigeonhole neatly labelled for it. 
Tolkien replied by commending him on being more perceptive than anyone else at that stage. In an interesting insight into the unconscious dynamics of the creative process, Tolkien admitted that you have revealed to me more clearly some things about my work. The Lord of the Rings is fundamentally a religious and Catholic work, unconsciously at first, but consciously in its revision. That is why I have not put in or have cut out practically all references to anything like religion or cults and practices in the imaginary world. For the religious element is absorbed into the story and its symbolism. This subtle approach to his literature would explain why Tolkien heartily disliked allegory and he strenuously objected whenever readers tried to translate his Middle-earth tales into either theological or historical parables. However, his friend's Narnia series, written by C.S. Lewis, there is a clear allegory between Aslan and Christ. Much has been made since of the Christological structure in Tolkien's work. With Catholic theology emphasising that the salvific role of Christ was to be understood in his three functions as priest, prophet and king. In Tolkien's first part, The Fellowship of the Ring, Frodo carries the ring throughout the tale, a burden on behalf of the people, the embodiment of temptation, sin and evil, and his path mimics in some way the Via Dolorosa of Christ, as Frodo goes through hardship after hardship, abandoned by his friends, and seemingly betrayed, tempted, and tired. Frodo arrives in Mordor as a sacrificial lamb, who brings about a new world. And many theologians have likened this to Christ's role as priest. In the second part of the the Two Towers, the central character is Gandalf, the wizard, who seems to have the role of a prophet understanding the ancient texts, guiding without forcing, and his abilities come from knowledge, words and runes, and he is ultimately transfigured. The final part explicitly named the return of the king, we move from the priest and the prophet to the king in Aragorn, who reunites the kingdoms of Arnor and Gondor through his reign, and also brings together the feuding peoples of the elves and the dwarfs, as embodied by the friendship of Gimli and Legolas. He does not meet the people's expectations, however, as a king, and he does not enter the city of Minas Tirith, Tirith openly, like Christ entering Jerusalem. And he brings in a new era of justice and peace. C.S. Lewis called Tolkien's fantasy good beyond hope. And during his life in retirement, from 1959 up to his death in 1973, Tolkien received steadily increasing public attention and literary fame. 
1961, C.S. Lewis even nominated him for the Nobel Prize in Literature, although it would be won by the Yugoslavian Ivo Andrich. And the sales of Tolkien's books were so profitable that he regretted that he had not chosen early retirement. In his retirement, Tolkien was a consultant and translator for the Jerusalem Bible, published in 1966. He was initially assigned a larger portion to translate, but due to other commitments, he only managed to offer some criticisms of other contributors in the translation of the Book of Jonah. His faith was deeply held, and in some ways can be understood by the commitments that his mother had made. Tolkien's father had died in South Africa when he was only three, leaving the family without income. And Mabel Tolkien returned to Birmingham in England with her children and was received into the Roman Catholic Church in despite of vehement protests by her Baptist family, which stopped all financial assistance to her. In 1904, when J.R.R. Tolkien was 12, his mother died of acute diabetes at only 34 years of age. Nine years after her death, Tolkien wrote, My own dear mother was a martyr indeed. It is not to everybody that God grants so easy a way to his great gifts as he did to Hilary and myself, giving us a mother who killed herself with labour and trouble to ensure us keeping the faith. Before her death, Mabel Tolkien had assigned the guardianship of her sons to her close friend, Father Francis Xavier Morgan of the Birmingham Oratory, who was assigned to bring them up as good Catholics. In a 1965 letter to his son Michael, Tolkien recalled the influence of the man whom he always called Father Francis. I first learnt charity and forgiveness from him, and the light of it pierced even the liberal darkness out of which I came, knowing more. Tolkien was instrumental in Lewis's conversion to Christianity, but was dismayed that he did not become a Catholic. This disapproval was compounded by Lewis's shock marriage of a divorcee. However, they would encourage each other's creative endeavours in the Inklings, and recently a partial draft of language and human nature was discovered, which Tolkien had begun co-writing with C.S. Lewis but had never completed. Tolkien, however, said that the Narnia stories simply wouldn't do. Perhaps it was their allegorical nature, but we have on record that he didn't like Lewis's pastiche of so many different traditions, Christian, classic, European fairy tales, and found the stories too hastily composed and too didactic. That's all from the Pearl of Great Price today. Thanks for listening. Join us tomorrow if you can as we look at the gunpowder plot in York Cathedral. As we're coming towards the end of our, a year of our podcasts, it's unlikely that next year we'll be able to keep up producing a daily podcast, unless funding allows it. If you wish to support us, or can suggest themes for a series of podcasts for next year, for example, Tolkien and Christianity, please email us on pogppod at gmail.com. Our archives can be found at www.pogp.net. And if you have time, please subscribe, share the podcast with friends. Have a lovely day wherever you are, and thanks for listening.